Hello, I'm Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. And I'm John Bailey, call me Bailey, and this is The Way I See It. Hello. Hello, Dr. Hall. Here How we are go. You? Here we go. 2020. Back at it again. Back at it again. Another baby. podcast. Yeah, throwing out life preservers left and right. <laughs> Love it. Um, parachutes, whatever they need. Yes. Uh, well, I found an interesting article that I ran by you. Yes. To ask you if you thought it was interesting. And then we had a unanimous vote that we thought it was pretty cool. Yes. And we thought it'd be cool to talk about it on a podcast. And it was an article I saw in the Huffington Post. It was written by Jenna Birch, who's a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. And it, that she did this really cool story on the most common issues people brought up in their therapy sessions in 2019. So we all lived through 2019. We did. It was shootings, politics, money. I don't care what it was. And natural disasters. Nat oh, my God. Natural disasters. I forgot about mm -hmm. that one. Climate change, How could I forget which are good Lord. correlated. And, um, yeah, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Middle East, I mean, we don't want to stop. Uh, so I thought, well, this is pretty cool. I wonder what are the top things that people talked about in therapy. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So we wanted to talk about it this morning. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And I don't think it's any shock. It could be to some people. That the first thing Jenna talks about is comparing your life to someone else's on social media. This is huge. It's it was the by far the number one thing. Can you if you can believe this or not? <clears throat> brought up in therapy. Doesn't I, surprise me one see, bit. We, we've taught we've touched on this right. in previous episodes too. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, that's that's something that's we've like I said we've touched on multiple episodes and. Um, she goes into use some really great metaphors here. Um, right. uh, in particular, well, I'll let you get to those, but nail on the head as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Of course. She calls them highlight reels. Exactly. Exactly. And if you've been uh, like when I would pitch shows to mm -hmm. producers in Hollywood and stuff, it was like a highlight reel, two to three right. minutes. You talked about ESPN or uh, sports figures. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whenever you're watching Sports Center at the end of the night, they don't show you all the strikeouts <laughs> or the missed shots. It's all home runs and touchdowns and stuff. And that's kind of how a lot of, uh, let's be honest, that's how everyone's social media page is. You don't post when you're feeling terrible. You post when you're on top of the world. Yeah. And of course, I'm sure that can lead to also to exaggeration and half truth telling. Oh, yes. Once you get going. So then the person who does it, has to feel some shame. Do you see? It's a real. It's there a real are psych companies spiral. that rent out private planes in half-hour increments, so that you can go onto a private plane. They don't even take off. You can go on a private plane to take photos, <laughs> <laughs> so that you can post them to your social media. Oh well, it's a great business idea. Just buy a plane, never fly it. Just leave it on the tarmac and rent it out thirty minutes at a time. Yeah, I know uh, a a client person. This last year that I saw that literally went and would go to Neiman's or really nice places and buy a tremendously expensive outfit. Oh and gosh. then, like you and said, do, do a small video. Yeah, and return it. Oh, and it was no. like, and then after she got out into the world, she'd be, you know, like dressed a little differently or look a little differently. And it was just um, un unbelievable the pressure these people feel. I yeah. had so much compassion. I went, oh, my God. I was cleaning out stalls of horses 
and trying to save 35 dogs. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had overalls on from Walmart. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it is. I have compassion. That's a lot of pressure. Totally. A lot of shame, a lot of work. To oh do gosh. something like that, you have to be under that um, some sort of immense pressure. Yeah. Wow. So, so the highlight reel is absolutely huge. Yep. Um, and then next is uh, the second one was uh, dealing with online dating. And she has a term that I like. It's called overchoice. Mm. And she says that you go on with a consumer mentality and it leads to people, you know, just being so overwhelmed with so many choices that it becomes difficult to choose. Then when they do choose, they're less satisfied. It's Mm -hmm. like an exhausting experience. Totally. Have you ever seen someone use an online dating app before? If you've ever seen someone use like Tinder, for example, what, you know, there's like a swipe feature, you know, if you're interested in someone, you swipe a certain direction. If you're not, you swipe in a different direction. People spend less than one literal second on this. They're just like, that's how many options there are. That's how, that's how much people want instant gratification. That's how big people's attention spans are. Makes me nervous. Wow. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. This is the future of humanity. Oh my God. (laughs) She's looking at me like a deer in headlights. (laughs) Like it's it's unreal to see people do this. And this is like you're looking for love, I guess, you know, and it's just like swipe, 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 swipe. Um, I had a friend, an old, you know, older friend who mm-hmm. used Tinder, and she would meet these guys, you know, like all the time for coffee or this uh-huh. or that, and then start dating them. And you know me, I'm in the serial killer category when it comes yeah. to these things, so I don't, <laughs> I don't do any of this. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, she, she um, just um, almost got addicted to it. I mean, so then this would like was like a once a week thing. Mm-hmm. Then she couldn't come to these this weekly thing that we had a meditation because she was out with people all the time having coffee because of this app and then i'm very serious and then was dating people and flew to chicago i mean this just went on and on i was like oh my god i think it's it can be it can be dangerous because you know uh sometimes when you look for the company of someone maybe you're in a kind of a low spot you know so then you have this yeah she just had a divorce exactly you know so and and it's it can prolong a healing process or a grief process exactly. or something like that, and, and then you just kind well, of bury you've, it you, in the Well, you've come out of relationships before. I don't know if we all make the best decisions when we come out of a wounded relationship either. No, no. Yeah. I think you're just, you're carrying all the baggage from exactly. whoever you were with, you know, previous. And um, yeah, I think it's, it can just be really dangerous. Um, the next one is setting boundaries in relationship. And it's like, just say no, that we really want to please. It's kind of like the little, little, like and don't like signs we're used to, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, you know, oh, like all this smiley up, stuff down. and thumbs yeah, yeah, down yeah, and all yeah. that, that I think in my, in my feeling of the brain, it even reinforces it there of being liked, of being liked and yeah, loved. Totally. So totally. to say no is just unbelievable. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of being the yes man. Um, I, probably, well, I have a... <laughs> I have a desire for everyone to love me. That's a different podcast. We could do we could do an entire series on that. But I think a lot of it stems from uh, in my professional life. I came from the service industry, mm-hmm. so you know it's short term plays, serving, bartending, right. working at a studio as an assistant. You know, my job is to service whatever someone's doing. So obviously, you have to be a yes man in those scenarios. But uh, 
having the boundaries to set up like in your personal life mm-hmm. to where, you know, it's like you're helping all of your friends move at 6 a.m. on a Saturday every weekend, you know, sometimes it's okay to say no. Yeah. Sometimes. And, you know, I think people respect you for it sometimes. Well, too. And, and I do too. And, and that's another cool thing about the buddy system, having a friend or somebody with accountability mm. is mm-hmm. yeah. I am definitely, you know, want to be loved, accepted, part of the group. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. So Jim's, Jim's great. Because he has such great boundaries, I am not kidding. And oh, he'll so be he, like, nah, oh no, huh? Nah, yeah, we're not he, doing he'll, that. He'll give me the look, the look, and I'll <laughs> <Seriously>? be. <laughs> but it's just for like an hour. We don't have to stay long at their house. And then he gives me the other look and tilts his head the other way. And then I'll go. You mean you mean there's a possibility I should say no? <laughs> and he'll look. Uh, at, uh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, exactly. His head goes really big with the big eyes. He then his mouth in silence will go. Dreams. That's Bound funny how dreams. all of this is a nonverbal head to one side, head to another. I wish you guys could see this and then head nodding. Yep. Yeah, babe, that's what happens after it. all these years together. <laughs> it doesn't have you to could be. You say so silent. much with so little. And so the next one, number four, she has listed is living with symptoms caused by work burnout. Geez, I'm sure we both can relate to oh this. Oh my God. And I it, know you can. And exactly. And, our, and it is. It's our identity does become who we are. <sighs> I mean, our work identity. Oh, I'm very guilty of that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I work in a recording studio whenever I'm not doing this for fun. And, uh, I just really love to tell people that it's, um, you know, we were talking in pre-production, you know, a lot of your identity stems from what you do for a living, which I think is just inherent. That's okay. But it's not a, it's important to like not get lost in the sauce, you know? And, and, and uh, that's your identity now though. So an example, a sound engineer, right? You, you know, mine used to be, you know, a broker or a exactly. commodities person. Then I was a venture capitalist. Then, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. I was a CEO and bought a company. Right. So mine is, is I'm grateful that my identity was never any one of those, you know, that, that I, I knew it wasn't. So I went, no, I can't, can't do this anymore. Right. So, but also in the same vein, uh, I had started taking Taoism, you know, and Buddhist teachers, and it's all about an attachment. It's right. all about Being aware of that, too. Yeah, the four yeah. noble truths. Life is suffering, second noble truth. It is caused by our cravings and attachments. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever you're craving and desiring so much, it's causing, it's, you know, it causes suffering. And then the third one is um, mindfulness, you know, the how to learn to be mindful in your speech and the way you act and stuff. And right. then uh, fourth noble truth is uh, the eight, uh, eightfold path. So anyway, it's, very, very, very cool. And so, anyway, the reason I'm saying that is it doesn't let you get attached to even, you know, very seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, clothing, relationships, all kinds of really interesting things. Yeah. Your identity is a. So, in the same vein, Jim's been a doctor his whole life. He's been a doctor for 47 years. Whew. And it's his, his, his identity, but it, the weird thing is he's not attached to it at all. He's the most interesting person. Hmm. You know, he sees himself more as a horse trainer, or he loves horses. He loves sports. He's a sports minutia freak. Oh, yeah. So he sees himself as that. Yeah. Um, He, so he, you know what I mean? So it's very interesting. You'd think somebody that did something that long would have their identity. really good at it, too. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And he loves it. Yeah. But like you said, it's it's my calling, and it's my passion, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is not who I am. Right. He said, I'm so much huge. more than that. That's huge. So um, I, I, f- I find it interesting. And again, here you go with a partner or a 
buddy system is you get different perspectives. Right. See, I get to live with somebody or watch him and go, wow, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. mine had to come from, like I said, a spiritual practice. This came from something else. Um, issues with sex and pleasure. You were going to take this one. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, th- pretty much what this, uh, I like how you just give me the sex yeah, one. Yeah, I get the That's sex great. one. That's great. Uh, well, it was one relating to men, one relating to women. Um, with men, it comes down to uh, decrease sexual desire, which isn't something I've personally encountered in my life yet. I've heard that's something that can happen. And obviously, guys, we put a lot of weight on sex in a relationship. So I can completely see that as something that would be something somebody would bring to a therapist. Right. And, but you can also see, uh, you know, since I study the science of stress and mm-hmm. depression and anxiety, yeah. is um, you're not going to feel like a whole lot of sex. And lots of times you can't experience pleasure because your anxiety level, cortisol, whatever is so high, or your depression, you know, your depression your is so is high. Exactly. Somewhere else. Anxiety. Yeah, your mind yeah, is definitely yeah, exactly. somewhere else. So I call it overbooked, overworked, and overwhelmed. Talk about, <laughs> That's good. yeah, talk about issues of sex mm-hmm. and desire, pleasure and desire. Um, I mean, most of the people I know that, that I talk to or come to me, they come home and they're exhausted. Right. I mean, even when you talk about me time. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to. Then the other thing I think is they're watching movies and shows where maybe there's a lot of sex on the screen. And again, this is like the social media pressure, exactly. right? Look at that happening, and that's not happening to me. My ankles hurt, my feet. <laughs> you, as a sound engineer, I was up all night <laughs> yeah, doing this. Exactly. And then, oh yeah. No. But then every time you turn on a movie, it's some kind of crazy, yeah. lust-filled, not realistic, yes. kind of connection. And two perfect with these... bodies. Let's throw that into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a twelve-pack. Uh-huh, just like yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And then uh, relating to women, low libido. And I'm reading verbatim here from this HuffPost article. Uh, However, an increased attention to the orgasm gap has helped move women's sexual pleasure from the background to the forefront. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, yeah, we would never have talked about that. It was just, you know, you either had sex or not. It wasn't. Orgasm was never. I know, which is so sad because... That's a special thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. Um, the next one, number six, is experience loss or uncertainty mm. in some capacity. And, you know, we can all clearly understand this. Change in our society, it's instability, whether it's political, whether it's us maybe going to war. Climate change, you want me to go on, turn on the news and there's a shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural disasters. Right. I mean, this is uncertainty on crack. Exactly. And, and this is this is the macro view. And mm-hmm. then we have the micro view of loss in a relationship, loss of a loved one, yes, loss of a job. Yes. So it, it spans the entire spectrum. Too. Absolutely. And what we know is that the more in control you feel, the less stress you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The more out of control you feel, the more stress you're going to have. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's why this uncertainty... Uh, you know, anxiety prescriptions, I mean, medicines for anxiety, depression, stress, sleeping, you know, mm-hmm, insomnia. Which is key. They're through the top. Mm-hmm. And and so it's really a spiral into hell. I really believe that because anybody who's had chronic anxiety or depression knows it is no fun place to be. Oh, yeah. Absolutely no fun place to be. Next, number seven is managing fear of mass shootings or other violent trauma. Um. I don't have this. Uh, my husband has a little, maybe at Lennox sometimes, 
Uh, we I went there last night. it's like an awareness night, of that. It's uh, like and he around. kind of had a little anxiety because there were interesting people running around pushing and being very aggressive, and these two guys were arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, when we watch TV, we may get PTSD or be dealing with issues we never dealt with before. Exactly. So the mass shootings and violent uh, traumas are coming up, uh, I think, more than ever. And then uh, she has number eight as gender dynamics. And this is about feeling that the partner or spouse you have is outperforming you, mm-hmm. that the husband is making less or the woman's making more. Mm-hmm. And stereotypically, that in our culture, or in our society, wasn't a norm. Right. So now it's much more norm. I mean, very, very much more, much. But the dynamic can cause stress because you were still raised, you know, or grew up in a certain. You, and again, which, you can which needs to, to be shattered. Yes. So I'm in a long term relationship, and uh, my girlfriend, what's up, babe? Um, she works a corporate job, so she's making decent money. And I still freelance as an engineer, so she's definitely making more than me. It's I wouldn't, uh, you know, in pre-production we were talking. I wouldn't say it doesn't bother me because not not because that she is making more. It bothers me because I know my own earning potential and I want to get there yeah, with or without. Exactly. Her. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So so it's it's that. But um, you can't help but. Compare yourself to your partner, but you know, whenever you do that, when you get stuck in the mindset of like, I'm the man, I'm speaking as a as a man right here, I'm the man, I need to be the provider and stuff, that's taking away from the power of the woman that you're with. Thank you. Know? you. So it's like you by doing that, you're going backwards in time. Yes. So let go of that. You know, if you're in a relationship where the woman's bringing home the bacon. Dude, do the dishes. Make up. For, you can yeah. make up for it in other ways. Yeah, Jim. Jim and and we're at the other end. We're in a much older mm-hmm. and in a different era. And when I made and recently, you know, mm-hmm. I had a huge contract in yeah. New York and got paid an enormous amount of money for a day's work. And the first thing Jim did was made breakfast, and he was singing, and he was dancing, and he went every time this happens. Every client that he said it is the coolest, or your book selling, or whatever happens. You can take that and flip it. You can, you know, like as a what, think about if you're a man who's like, I have to be the provider. So much is on me. So much stress has to be derived from that. But to let go and know that, hey, I'm in something where like we both can. Yes. Yes. You don't, it doesn't have to be an ego. It's an ego thing. It boils down to it. It's just leave, check the ego at the door. And let your partner win. I think it's. I think I that's too. awesome. I love hearing that. Uh, and number ten is anxiety over being in public spaces, and we kind of touched on this. Mm. And whether it's you know shootings or um, they had a march uh, on Martin Luther King Day, I guess in Richmond, Virginia. Oh yeah. The anxiety yeah. over uh, that march that I, I think like never before we're seeing anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder, uh, which doesn't help obsessive compulsive disorder mm. but they have gone through the roof uh, because of people's anxiety in public spaces um, and then finally navigating anxiety and depression at the same time and they're both 
you know, sides of the uh, the same coin to me, different sides. Yeah. You have anxiety and stress and you get go, go, go. You don't sleep. And then it, your body gets exhausted from the cortisol and all the hormones. And then you get depressed. So and, and it can you, lead more depression. You're you deep you're in the, the depression. Fog, like we've yeah. talked about time and time again. It's just, um, and it's very, very tragic. Here we go again. Talk mm-hmm. about losing your life and living in a fog. Right. So those those are the um, things people went, most went to the therapist, and I bet if you're listening, you know everything we just said because um, you identify with this list, don't you think? I mean, right, right. I mean, I don't know if I would have come to those on my own, but right. reading it, having it um, in front of you, you weren't just totally blown away. Because no, it no, makes it's sense. to be expected for the most part. Yeah, and um, nearly sixty percent of American adults with a mental illness did not receive any mental health services last year. That breaks my heart. I know. And the reasons why, number one, if you can believe this in the culture we live in, is stigma, which is absurd. Which breaks my heart even more. Yeah, I mean, talk about ignorance. That's why I I hope... I, that's why I hope people listen to this. It's like, it's okay. Oh, please. It's okay. Love it. Yeah. When I hear somebody's in therapy, if I'm in the grocery store you. line, yeah. I pull them aside and go, I just love you. You know? Thank God you love yourself. It's like doing a massage I'm for your heart. Your... Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, is the stigma. And then um, cost is a huge factor for a lot I mean, of people. I mean, I could see I that. I could see that. And then finally is accessibility. A lot of my friends or people I know, I have, as you well know, I've got a cadre of psychotherapists and psychiatrists that are mm-hmm. good friends of mine. But as far as other friends, they'll be like, oh, you know, I need help. I don't know who to go to and those kinds of things. Right. So, um, but accessibility is really huge. And I think the other part of accessibility is like in Atlanta, people are commuting an hour to their jobs, mm-hmm. an hour and a half in this traffic. So then you work eight hours and you go home. When do you have time? Monday through Friday. I mean, I don't think you do. Right. And if you want a face-to-face therapist or whatever on Saturday or whatever, lots of times there's a surcharge, right? Because it's the weekend, right? Exactly. So, and the other option is going on your way home when you're exhausted because you got up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work and do it. You can then, honey, I've got to go to the therapist tonight at seven o'clock. And you know, Jim and I've been in marriage counseling sessions that started at seven and about seven twenty. Yeah. You know, I mean, we almost, I almost served him divorce papers like Jim. <laughs> this isn't important enough. Well, honey, I started surgery at seven this morning. I, it's oh not that gosh. you're not important. No, this is the problem with our marriage. <laughs> this is exactly the problem. So, so I know all about that, man. Oh, I, I got I'm that sure. one down. I'm sure. And um, so anyway, services. You know, um, I think I think something that's important. And you and I talked about this. And I looked it up before we did this. Is online therapy. I think I think people yeah. have to look at options. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I know a woman that, uh, you know, thought about having an online therapy uh, business and people laughed at her and told her how absurd it was and she'd go broke and be nuts. And so here we are a few years later and now she's worth millions of dollars. Look at that. I love hearing that. Yeah. And the other therapists are, you know, trying to see patients to pay their bills. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's what I wanted to say was um, look at the option of online therapy, too. It's another option. Uh, and what it is, is it's available. The services can be the same. You can either do it without looking at the person's face. Right. All of my friends that are uh, psychologists, they all uh, do online or, or, you know what I mean, or tele. I don't want to say telecommute, oh, oh, so but they teletherapy. they do persons and then they also. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so what they do is they do a lot, uh, you know, on the phone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on, uh, 
different chat things, Skyping, so that they can see each other, FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And it really works well because um, then the people that they can't get in, in two weeks or whatever, their anxiety is through the roof or their depression, you can, you know, timing. You can make an appointment. You can go, hey, Bailey, I need to see you. And instead of let me look at my book and you have to drive here, blah, blah, you can just go, oh, how about this afternoon at three? Boom. Yeah, boom. It's done. So the efficacy is there. And the accessibility is absolutely amazing. Also, the cost is a lot less. Right. And that's really important. Um, instead of uh, my one therapist is $150 an hour. And the family therapist for group stuff is $375. But that's an hour and a half. Right. So, But it's a commitment. I mean, oh, yeah. we were doing both. It was like, oh dear God, this is like, who can afford this? Right. I'm very but serious. I think that's. I think that's great, though, that there is this option because it kind of limit. It helps with the barrier of entry. If you're stressed about your financial situation, absolutely, it would be hard to go out and shell out three hundred dollars per hour to to talk about the stress that you feel due to your financial situation. But if you're able to do that on your own time. With someone, maybe face-to-face, maybe not face-to-face if it's your first time. Exactly. So, yeah, with Susan, my friend, it's both and. So she'll see somebody a week, you know, FaceTime, then the next week they'll come in or whatever Mm -hmm. because they're professionals and can't get in. So um, anyway, there are some uh, that are better than others. Some of the top uh, top online therapy places are better help is pretty much – on uh, the assessments I've seen is one of the top better. Mm-hmm. It's called Better Help. I'm pretty sure I've heard of that one yeah. too. And then another one is Regain, and and that's uh, couples therapy. It is, it is rated mm. as the best couples therapy, and it's R E G A I N. And then there's uh, counseling for those lovely teenagers that we all want to strangle, 13 to 18. Very angsty. Yes, and it's called uh, Teen Counseling. It's T C dash Teen Counseling. And then Talkspace is regular therapy, and then another one is called Breakthrough. But they really um, go online, explore them. There's also one for um, that's more health. If your, you know, psychological issues can be related to seizures or other disorders, it's called Health Sapiens. That's H E A L T H S A P I E N S. I imagine they would um, uh, do eating disorders and stuff like that, too. Absolutely. And then another one for teens is called Teen Counseling. And uh, another one that if you're a person of faith, Christian faith, it's called Faithful Counseling. Um, And then there's Pride Counseling. And that's a, a great site. Uh, to look if you're gay or your child is or your family needs to work through some issues. You've had a traditional family right. and you find that your brother, sister, or your child or someone's gay mm-hmm. or even if uh, part of the couple or the um, marriage couple, you find out one of you are, is gay. So wow. it, it's it's a different kind of counseling, oh, I'm which sure. is wonderful, but it's different specific. Beast. That's what I love. I yeah, love that yeah. they're specific. And um, then I love cognitive behavioral therapy. Of course, CBT, it changes lives. So there's a great place for that. It's called online-therapy.com. And it's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT is one of the most effective types of therapy I've ever experienced and myself and um, really worked through some major, major issues. So anyway, um, 
now we've started you out the year mm-hmm. with uh, the most common issues people brought up in therapy. So now you can feel normal. I'm telling yeah, you, this yeah. is what I loved about it too. Is I went, oh, check, that's me. Check, right. Check, check. That's the hundred other people I saw this year. Check, I know. check. So it was like, okay, we're all in this together, which is my mantra, as you well know. Of course, we're one human family. Mm-hmm. And um, so I hope this normalized. If you have a fear of going into public places, you know, a fear of um, uh, loss, uncertainty, anything like that. You know, I hope this made it normalize it a little. That exactly. we're, we're all feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the key is trust your inner gut. When you need help, uh, you can try to. If you don't have anybody, ask your physician. Uh, if that isn't successful, then if there's a community center, ask a local community center. A hospital will refer you. Mm-hmm. They've usually got great therapists and um, and social workers that you can talk to. Then uh, churches. Uh, synagogues, places like that, or and you can go online again with this online therapy. Because here's the cool thing, you know, legally they have to be confidential and all that stuff. But if you don't like them, do what I do. I mean, you know, before Jim and I found Wendy, the marriage counselor, mm-hmm. you have no idea how many I booted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd go with one thing for three months, and then we'd change to another one for one session. <laughs> then we... <laughs> And so finally, we settled on her. So don't stay. Right. It should feel, you know, make you feel more whole, more, mm-hmm. you know, self love, exactly. uh, kindness and gentleness and non judgmental for yourself. But don't give up. Go on. And also, a lot of these places, uh, online places, have payment plans. Right. That for a certain amount, you can make X amount of visits. And don't use that as an excuse. Yeah, don't please, use the finances as an excuse and put your own personal mental health on the back burner. You're gonna. Yeah. You, it's gonna pay dividends up front. You're gonna end up. It's better for you in the long run. Absolutely, absolutely. It's I wish awesome. we and and we're beginning to looking at mental health um, as much as we do physical health. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, I believe that your physical health is the mirror of your mental health too. So oh no, yeah, there's spiritual definitely health and all a correlation. That, the mind body relationship. Mm-hmm. So I hope this helped somebody. It sure helped me. I love this yeah. article. Of course, I, it's it's encouraging to see like the things that are in the back of my mind um, are the things that are normalized. Exactly, it's kind of what we're talking about. I love that. Okay, guys. Well, quick plug for the website before we uh, cash out. Yes, uh, our o u r m l n dot com or mindfullivingnetwork.com. dot com. And if you have any comments, any books you'd like us to review or talk mm-hmm. about, anything that you would like us to do, just let us know at info at mindfullivingnetwork.com. Excellent. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate um, the time that we get to spend with you. Uh, my name is Bailey, and this was The Way I See It. And I am Dr. Kathleen Hall. This is The Way I See It. Take care.